radios, my Christian brothers and sisters, because we've got a lot to cover today. Be encouraged. Oh, my. Be challenged. Oh, my. Be inspired. They need gassed up. They need reviewed. And get excited. It's a relationship with the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, who loves with an everlasting, unconditional love. Your love lifting me higher. Release your fears. Praise the Lord. God's wisdom is brilliant. And receive God's love. That's who and what he is. Release your worries. He's faithful. God is faithful. And receive God's truth. These commands that I give to you today, impress them upon your children and talk about them when you sit at home, when you walk along the road, when you lie down, and when you get up. This is the Get Excited Show. Everybody in the family needs it. Now, with Michael Crawford. Excited world! Praise the Lord! Praise the Lord! Thank you so much for tuning in today to the Roan Doff Show. I am Michael Crawford. You know, I think I said that wrong, so I'm just going to go and explain to everybody. <laughs> God love you. As you all know, and, and do me a favor also, bear with me. Uh, my voice is really, really scratchy this morning. Allergies, just allergies. There was a, I was outside yesterday and the wind was blowing a lot and I am really allergic to the pollen on olive trees. So I'm suffering from it today, but I'm going to get through this thing because I feel it. I'm tingling from the top of my head to the tip of my toes and I want all you listeners to have that same tingle because it is glorious and it is enjoyable. So anyway, I, uh, you know what, uh, roamed off who um, has the Roan Doff show, and then he has the Roan Doff uh, God in Your Business with me as a co-host. Um, he, we're starting a new missionary, and our goal is to reach one million people, get a million people to Christ. So we want to label everything. So instead of me coming on my podcast saying, you know, thank you so much for tuning in today to the Get Excited Show. I am your host, Michael Crawford. I'm worded it differently, so I hope you understand. Yeah, it's the Get Excited Show, but it's under the umbrella of the Roan Doff Show. So I think the best way to do it, and luckily I'm blessed with a great producer, uh, Mr. Tony uh, Escobar. So Tony, um, I think you'd ha happen to agree with me, right, brother, uh, that I would say, you know, thank you so much for tuning. It's funny we're talking about this and not getting on to the great three-part, uh, you know, the, the third part of the three-part series of Abiding so, the Dust of the Rabbi. It's so easy to do that. It just comes naturally. It does. It comes naturally. Because I want everybody out there to understand, you know, why did Michael Crawford, okay, Michael Crawford, who for almost 30 years now have had the Get Excited show TV and radio, uh, he's always been the host. Matter of fact, at one time it was called the Michael Crawford until God told me, no, it's not your show. So I took Michael Crawford off and just called the Get Excited Show with your host, Michael Crawford, as opposed to the Michael Crawford Get Excited Show. So having said that is I want everybody to know when I come on, then I think the, or matter of fact, email me, you know, come think about it. I got a little challenge for all of you and somebody's going to get lunch. That's right. I said it. 
somebody's going to get lunch. Oh, boy. Uh, I'll either buy your lunch or uh, I'll buy both of our lunch. You could have lunch with me. Uh, but honestly, I, I want some help. What's the best way you think? Now, it's, it's all under the Roan Dolph uh, umbrella. Instead of me coming out like I have for years saying, thank you so much for tuning in today to the Get Excited Show. I am your host, Michael Crawford. I think the best way is just say, thank you so much for tuning in today. I'm Michael Crawford uh, on the uh, on the Roan Dolph Show. Now, you all tell me if you've got a different way of wording it. If I select that one, then somebody's going to get lunch. So get excited. Now, let's get into the content because i got a great show for you today. Well, God does. God's just using me as the vessel to deliver the message. But as you all know, uh, this is the third part to the three-part series of Abiding in the Dust of the Rabbi. Abiding in the Dust of the Rabbi. Now today, a little subtitle of Notorious Love. Ooh, then that excites you. Notorious Love. And it's based, the setting is in your books you want to follow along. You please feel free. Uh, follow along with us in uh, the book of Luke, chapter 7, verses 36 through 50. So if you have your Bibles available, that would be kind of cool to open it up to the book of Luke. Turn to chapter 7, and this message this morning, God's message, is based on verses 36 through 50. So it's abiding in the dust of the rabbi notorious love so our story let me kind of start there with everyone out there listening and, and uh, again thank you so much for tuning in i'm your host michael crawford our story opens with christ jesus being invited to dine with simon a pharisee now i want you to kind of picture in your minds a pharisee if you would to me if someone asked michael crawford what does pharisee mean to you I would say they were the bullies of the first century. They were the bullies of the first century. And this was rather unusual request because Pharisees were often very exclusive and close to those outside of their little circle. You see, the word Pharisee actually means separate or separate ones. And they were just that. They were separate from, separate from the rest of the people. And they were separate either because of a sincere, you know, piety, a, uh, a sincere passion to draw close to God and live a life pleasing to him, which, of course, separated them from those who don't share in that same passion. Or they were separate because of their pride, because they saw themselves as an exclusive little club that only those that were good enough, if you would, could be part of the of only those that could meet their standards, you see. They had such high, ridiculous, you know, standards. And so as our story opens up, we find Christ Jesus being invited to dine in the home of Simon, a Pharisee, where Simon is at on the spectrum of piety to pride. We do not know. What we do know is that Christ Jesus, who's always eager to build relationships, he accepts. He accepts his invitation to go to Simon's house and have dinner. Now, sometime 
after he arrives at the house in verse 36 says he Christ Jesus reclined at the table now notice he's not setting he's reclining you see my brothers and sisters in that day the typical dining area wasn't a high table and chairs like we have today it was a low-laying table and a, a number of low-laying couches or, or pillows around it. Or in the case of a larger room like you might find in the house of a prestigious Pharisee, it probably would have been like three low-laying tables in the shape of a, a U, okay, which is made easier for a, a servant to serve from the center. And then in those tables would be surrounded by a number of low-laying couches or pillows. That's how they would eat their meal, you know. That that's kind of what it would uh, look like, and, and it would work kind of like that. It would kind of work like, uh, you know, the host and the and the guests would lay down on the couches or pillows, facing the table with sandals off, and feet extended behind them, and then leaning on their left arm, and they would use their right, the traditionally clean hand, which is the right hand. Because the left hand was traditionally used for <laughs> unclean things. We don't want to get into that. I don't want to give a little more information I need to tell you. But it would. The, it was traditionally the left hand was for unclean things. And so they would have taken their right hand to eat and to drink with. And it says Christ Jesus and the others are reclining. They're all reclining at the table that our story really begins. So do me a favor and please... And thank you for bearing with me with my voice. My uh, pollen has kind of dragged my scratchy voice down. I, but I'm going to get through this. I'm not going to complain. I love it. I just, you know, thanking you for putting up with it. But thank you for tuning in today to the third part of the three-part series of Abiding in the Dust of the Rabbi, Notorious Love. I'm your host, Michael Crawford. And oh, gosh, get excited. I love it. I just love biblical times i love being in the word i love constantly walking and talking with god i just love it it's my life and so as i said as christ jesus and the others are reclining at the table that's kind of right there where our story begins and christ jesus and and the other invited guests are reclining simon's house was also being filled with expected but hear me now uninvited guests you see, when you host a great rabbi or dignitary of that day, it was common custom to invite certain people and then to leave your doors open so that expected but uninvited guests could join you as well. And there were two types of uninvited guests. The first type, there were the uninvited that you left the door open for you know, you kind of would hope they would come in, amen? And secondly, they were the uninvited that you thought would never have the goal or the, or the guts to enter your door. It's the second type of uninvited guest that draws the spotlight here today. So turn up those volumes and let's get right into it. Because we don't know much about this person. We aren't even told this person's name which it does say it in the Bible, they call her Mary. All we know is that this person was a woman with a notorious reputation. 
Notorious Meads, well-known, publicly discussed, talked about. She had a notorious reputation. She's the kind of reputation, she has the kind of reputation that would have normally kept her out of pious Pharisees' home, you see. But on this occasion, on this very one occasion, with Christ Jesus in the house, and as long as there was a, a way to be near him, she was going to be there without any reservations in her mind. And she had brought a gift, a beautiful little hand-carved stone filled with perfume. It's a little stone vial that was filled with perfume, probably her most valuable possession that she had in her life. And after arriving at the house, because of her reputation and being an uninvited guest, her place normally would have been in the shadows. But drawn to Christ Jesus, she wove her way through the scornful eyes of the crowded room until finally she found a place right behind his feet. And once there, we don't know if Christ Jesus said something, or whether he turned to look at her or whether she was just simply overwhelmed in the powerful presence of the master. What we do know is this. What we do know is once she was seated behind the feet of Christ Jesus, she began to weep. And her tears fell like great drops of liquid love upon his feet. And then adding to the shock of all who were watching, and believe me, believe me, all who was watching, and they were all very shocked. Very shocked. She let down her hair, an absolutely unthinkable thing to do in public, unless, of course, you were a woman with a notorious reputation. But even that wasn't all. She then bent over and began wiping his feet and, and kissing them and anointing them with perfume. If a woman with a notorious reputation came up right to me in this room, right here, in this place in our office, and began crying and touching, letting down her hair, even today, it would be kind of be a little notorious, would it not? Something people talked about, you see. I could just hear people. Well, Michael's in there on the air. And this woman came in and walked right in his studio and put her hair down and started weeping and massaging his feet and putting perfume all over it. I mean, <laughs> just imagine that. Now, if you were Simon the Pharisee, if you had given your whole life to trying to separate yourself from sin and from sinners... What would you be thinking right now? Tell me. What would you be thinking right now? In verse 39 it says, He said to himself, If this man were a prophet, he would know who was touching him and what kind of woman she is. She's a sinner. And of course, if you're touched by a sinner, then that makes you unclean. Which means you can't go to the temple to worship. And so if he really was a prophet he'd see that he'd separate himself from her but my Christian brothers and sisters hear me now turn the volume up the truth is if you know Christ Jesus you know he didn't come to separate himself from sinners no 
He came to seek and to save the lost and to lead to repentance those that had gone astray. He came as a priest, as a bridge builder between us and God. Now catch this. Don't miss this. Turn up the volumes. I'm Michael Crawford, the host, and I need you to really catch this as I'm setting the stage. Though Simon didn't actually say a word, Christ Jesus knew exactly what he was thinking. And so he said in verse 40, Simon, I have something to say to you. And Simon, unaware that Christ Jesus knew his heart, said, Tell me, teacher. Tell me, rabbi. And so Christ Jesus told him this parable. He said two men owned money. They owed money to a certain money lender. One owed him 500 denarii and the other 50. And a denarii was a coin worth about a, a day's wage. And so, in other words, the one man owed about 500 days work and the other 50 days work. But neither of them had the money to pay him back. So he canceled both debts. And then looking deep into the eyes of Simon, he said, Now, Simon, which one of them will love him more? And he said, I suppose the one who was forgiven more. And Christ Jesus said, You have judged correctly. Now, interestingly enough, for the first time, in verse 44, we're told. We're told in verse 44 that Christ Jesus actually turns to the woman and says, Simon, do you see this woman? Now, of course, Simon had seen this woman. I mean, we're told he watched her in disgust as he washed, as she washed and kissed and anointed the feet of Christ Jesus. Oh, yes. He had physically seen this woman. So the question isn't, does he see her physically? The question, does he see her on the inside? Hear me now, don't miss this. Oh, I wish my voice wasn't so raspy because I love, I love a teach and preach on Luke 7, 36 through 50. The question is, does he see her on the inside? Does he see her as God sees her? Does he see her, her heart? Simon, do you see her? Do you really see her? And then he says, Simon, I came to your house and didn't give me, you didn't give me any water for my feet, as it's a usual custom. But she wet my feet with her tears and, and wiped them with her hair. You, Simon, you didn't give me a kiss to honor me as a guest. But this woman, from the time that I entered, has not stopped kissing my feet. You gave me no oil for my head, Simon, to serve me as is custom. But she has poured perfume upon my feet. Therefore, I tell you, her sins, though they are many, are forgiving. They are forgiven. For she loved much, but he who has been forgiven little loves little. And then Christ Jesus, turning to the woman in verse 48, said, Your sins are forgiven.
your sins are forgiven. The other guests, not knowing that Christ Jesus was God in the flesh, said to themselves, verse 49, Who is this? Who even forgives sins? But Christ Jesus, still focused on the woman, said, Your faith has saved you. Go in peace. Go in the completeness, wholeness of God. This story starts off talking about a prestigious Pharisee. A prestigious Pharisee who invites Christ Jesus over for dinner. But it's not really a story about a Pharisee, is it? It really isn't. And it's not really a story about Christ Jesus either. I mean, surely as we abide in the dust, we're challenged in this story. We really are. To build relationships and to build bridges of love to those outside the faith as he does to see them through his eyes to see them not for what they are but for what they can become to him in him surely as we abide in his dust we see those things are true but it's still not really a story about christ jesus no this is a story about a woman a woman with a notorious reputation who is transformed through amazing grace into a woman of notorious love. The kind of love people have, they've actually talked about it for almost 2,000 years. And so that's where I want us to really, truly focus on for the rest of our time together this morning. I want us to focus on the four proofs of this woman's notorious love for Christ Jesus. Four proofs that every person that loves Christ Jesus will possess, and yet four proofs that challenge every one of us to take inventory of our love for him. We all know how much Christ Jesus loves us. His notorious love spread his arms wide. He loves us this much. We know how much he loves us, but how much do we love him? That's the question today. My Christian brothers and sisters, that's the question that Michael Crawford is trying to get across today. Because we know how much he loves us, but how much do we love him? How much do we love Christ Jesus? The first proof of this woman's notorious love is that she sought to be near Christ Jesus. Why? Because when you love somebody, you want to be near and you want to be in their presence. She sought to be near to Christ Jesus. When this woman entered into Simon's house. She was uninvited. She was unwanted. The shadow of her sin went before her. She may have been the only woman there, but she was willing to push aside her fears. She was willing to push aside a risk ridicule disdain and rejection just to be near Christ Jesus. My Christian brothers and sisters, hear me now. Turn the volume up. Have you ever noticed how the more that someone gains a true sense of who Christ Jesus is, the more compelled, drawn, and attracted they become to him? 
and how, who is his, and what he's like pulls them in such a powerful way that they'll do almost anything, and I mean anything, to be near him. Do you remember the time where the crowds were pressing in and around Christ Jesus, and there was a little bent woman who had been hemorrhaging for 12 years, and she had sold everything she had to pay the doctors to try to get her better, and yet she was worse off now than she was when she first started out. But as Christ Jesus made his way through the crowd, this little woman, this little woman was so determined that she would get near Christ Jesus, and so she pushed, and she shoved, and she struggled, until finally she broke through, and she reached out, and she touched the hem a tassel of his garment. You see, my Christian brothers and sisters, when your heart is bleeding and nobody seems to be able to help, do you reach out to Christ Jesus? Do you? And do you remember the time that Christ Jesus was coming out of Jericho, followed by a great multitude of people? And when blind Bartimaeus was sitting on the side of the road, heard all the excitement and all the glamouring about Christ Jesus. He cried out, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. And what did the crowds do? What did the crowds do? Did they say, come on over here, blind Barnabas? We'll take you to Christ Jesus. No, they didn't. The crowds told him to shut up. Shut up, blind Bartimaeus. Christ Jesus doesn't have time for you. But the more they told him to be quiet, the louder and the more determined he became. Christ Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. Jesus, son of David. Have mercy on me. Until finally, until finally Christ Jesus heard and he drew near and he was healed. Yes, he was healed. When the world is against you and you're blind with pain, do you cry out to Christ Jesus? Do you remember the story of the man who was paralyzed and whose friends found out Christ Jesus was in town. They went to his house, picked him up in his bed, and carried him across town to the house where Christ Jesus was. And when they got there, they looked, and they pleaded, and they begged, but no one wouldn't make room for them to get in. But instead, instead of giving up they carried him up on the top of the roof. And they ripped the roof away and they lowered him down so he could be near Christ Jesus. When your friends are hurting, hear me now, don't miss this. Please don't miss this. When your friends are hurting and crippled by the world, do you prayerfully carry them to the feet of Christ Jesus? My dear Christian brothers and sisters, 
Why are people who have gained a true sense of who Christ Jesus is and what he's like so compelled, so drawn, so attracted to him? Because they have discovered that in him there is healing. In him there is wholeness. And in him there is life, both abundant and eternal. If you love him with notorious love, you're going to find yourself compelled to be near him. The second proof of the woman's notorious love is that she sought to say here, serve Christ Jesus. She sought to serve Christ Jesus. In verse 44 reads, Then he, Christ Jesus turned toward the woman and said, Simon, do you see this woman? I came into your house, and you did not give me any water for my feet. My brothers and sisters, the roads in that day, the roads in first century, in that day were dusty, and they were dirty. And they were not only used by people with open sandals, but hear me now, they were being used by livestock with no sense of decency either. So if you weren't careful, oh, if you weren't careful, believe me. Believe me when I tell you it was yippee-yay-yay cow patty. What am I stepping on here? <laughs> well, you could just imagine what you'd be stepping on there. The roads were literally so bad they gave feet a bad name. In fact, if you wanted to slander someone, one of the most slanderous things you could call them was a foot. That's right. You could call them a foot. So when guests came in off the road, it was just common courtesy to at least provide them with water to pour over their feet. And if a host was wealthy enough, and certainly Simon was, believe me, they would have the lowliest of servants do this disgusting task. Of course, Simon provided nothing for Christ Jesus. Nothing! Do you hear me? Simon didn't provide nothing for our Lord. An invited guest speaker. Instead, instead though, it is the woman. It is the woman in an act of notorious selfless love who gives herself as Christ Jesus' servant as she wets his feet with her tears and wipes them with her hair. Now, none of us can actually wash Christ Jesus' feet today as a means to serve him. What can we do? What can we do? Christ Jesus said, the greatest among you shall be servant of all. So what can we do? I'll tell you what we can do. I'll tell you exactly what we can do. You see, there's so many people that have that servant-led heart. And we have, we have seen Christ as extended his love to us. 
And as he's extended his love to us, we have extended his love to one another. And as you've extended his love to the least, the last, and the lost, and the lonely. You see, my dear Christian brothers and sisters, Christ Jesus said, the greatest among you shall be servant of all. If you want to demonstrate your love for Christ Jesus, serve others. Serve others. Don't miss this. And you will be serving him. The third proof of the woman's notorious love is that she sought to honor Christ Jesus. In verse 45, verse 45, excuse me, Christ Jesus again, speaking to Simon, says, You did not give me a kiss. You did not give me any kiss, Simon. When a distinguished rabbi came to town, it was a customary for a host as a mark of respect to greet the rabbi at his door by placing his hand on his shoulder and then giving him a kiss of peace. Once again, Simon failed to honor Christ Jesus with this common courtesy. Instead, once again, it is the notorious love of the woman that honors Christ Jesus. For scripture says, she did not cease to kiss his feet. She did not cease to give him honor. You know, it's amazing. It really, really is, my dear Christian brothers and sisters. Because I want you to think for a moment. Think for the moment. When we give to others in Christ's name, Christ is lifted up and honored where Christ is lifted up and honored, he said. I will draw all men unto myself. If you want to honor Christ Jesus, give to others in his name, amen. Then watch what happens. Oh, glory, hallelujah. Watch what happens. Just one more thought here. You and I don't have to have a Haiti or a India or the most poverty-stricken areas of America. We don't have to have to minister to those people in need. They're all around us. Hear me now. Everybody's worried about going here or going there or going over there. But listen to me. They're all around us. There are relational needs and physical needs and emotional needs and, and spiritual needs and financial needs right where we are. Right where you are today. Look around. Look around. You'll see them. The needs are all around us, my brothers and sisters. We just have to have eyes to see and a heart that is willing to sacrifice without ceasing to bring honor to Christ Jesus. The fourth proof of the woman's notorious love is that she gave her very, very best to Christ Jesus. In verse 46 says, 
You did not put oil on my head. Once again, Simon fails to treat Christ Jesus. The common courtesy of providing oil for his hair. And once again, it is the woman out of her notorious love who takes her most valuable possession, the very best that she has, her precious perfume, and anoints his feet with it. You know, my dear Christian brothers and sisters, years ago, years ago, the Sunday School Times carried an account of a Christian school for the children of the untouchables. The children of the untouchables in India prior to World War II. Each year, now please turn the volume up, don't miss this story. Each year, the children received Christmas presents from children in England. The girls got a doll, the boys got a toy. On one occasion, a doctor from a nearby mission hospital was asked to distribute the gifts. During his visit, he told these untouchable children about a village where the boys and girls had never even heard of Christ Jesus. He suggested that maybe they would like to give them some of their old toys as presents. A week later, the doctor returned to collect the gifts, and he said to his surprise, in his amazing awe, he just said, one by one. One by one, the children filed through and handed me a doll or toy, but not the old ones that I suggested, no. Not the old ones, but the new presents, the ones they just received a few days before. And when he asked why, why they were giving away the new presents, a little girl spoke up. God gave us his only son, his very best. How could we give him less? My Christian brothers and sisters, I invite you to ponder that simple response. I invite you to ponder that simple response. What can we give the one who gave everything for us? Simply our very best, our very best. In life, Christ Jesus, our rabbi, doesn't call you or me to give up things we don't have to give. He doesn't call us to perform beyond what he will empower us to do. He doesn't call us to share gifts we haven't been given. But he does call us, hear me now, turn the volume up. But he does call us to draw near to him, to abide in his dust. He does call us to serve, to honor, to give our very, very best. He does call you to have a notorious love, a love that others will talk about for years to come. Do you have that kind of love? Let me ask you. Do you have that kind of love like this woman? Do you have that kind of love for Christ Jesus that will be talked about for two thousand years from now what about 200 years from now or 20 years from now or two years from now or what about two days from now or even two hours from now when you're at home or in a restaurant 
Do you have that kind of love for Christ Jesus that others are going to talk about? If not, why not? If not, why not? If you want to experience that kind of love, it comes only as we push aside our pride and humbly fall at his feet. It comes only as we open ourselves to what he has already offered us, a bridge, a bridge to God and to life, the way it was meant to be lived. Christ Jesus says when you receive what he offers, when you receive him as your Lord and Savior, then your sins are forgiven. Brothers and sisters, when you receive him as Lord and Savior, your sins are forgiven. Your faith has saved you. You can go in peace in the fullness and completeness of God. My dear Christian brothers and sisters, I want to thank you so much for tuning in today. I want to thank you so much because I feel that even if it's one person out there. If you'd open your heart and you'd fall in love with Christ Jesus and receive what he's offering. And I know there's a lot of you out there that need to recommit yourself to. You may have made him a Lord of your life at one time and through the trials and tribulations of life, it's time to recommit yourself and start following in his dust. Doing what he does, following where he leads. And some of you need to play the role that he expects you to do and just if nothing else, intercede for someone else. Intercede for someone else. Regardless of the reason, regardless Christ Jesus invites you to come to him, to draw near to him, to serve him, to honor him, to give him your very, very best. He invites you into a notorious love relationship. So the question is, are you going to come? Thank you so much for tuning in today to the Rondoff show. <laughs> I love my producer looking at me like, he said, that sounds kind of awkward to you, doesn't it, Michael? <laughs> I love it. Oh, praise the Lord. I love life. But it does, you know what I'm saying? But let's just give him a little tease out there. It's the Get Excited show on the, on the, uh, under the uh, Rondoff umbrella. You like that? It's Michael Crawford. But I am your host, Michael Crawford. Amen. So get excited and always remember, it's a Christ-minded attitude, not aptitude, that determines altitude. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. And don't forget, do not forget the little test, the little uh, contest I have for lunch. Uh, let me know how you would word it. Now, as I kind of explain everything, or you have any more questions. Anyway, getexcited.crawford at gmail.com. Getexcited.crawford at gmail.com. Email me. Let me know. I love you. God bless you. 
If you'd like to contact Michael Crawford directly for prayer or encouragement, contact him on his private number at 623-203-8259 or send him an email at getexcited.crawford at gmail.com. Be free, be challenged, be encouraged, be inspired, and get excited with Michael Crawford. Your love lifted me higher than I've ever been lifted before. So keep it up, quench my desire. 